0: Welcome aboard again. You're not just surfing the web; you are riding the pipeline, the sales pipeline, with that sales surfer himself, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Hey, Matt, sales surfer. (laughs) You're the silver surfer of sales. There you go, silver surfer of sales. How many more S's can we get in? (laughs) Um, I am not a. I am neither a surfer nor silver. uh, But we are going to be talking about sales, sales pipeline radio. Thanks for joining us again. Having a lot of fun with this show. It is, uh, it is March, people. It is crazy. I feel like I was just watching the Rose Bowl parade, and it is March. If you are in sales, you are either two months down with ten to go, or uh, we're entering the stretch run of your Q1 and first quarter of the year, so uh, either you're excited or terrified or probably a little bit of both of those. Yeah, here we are. Can't believe how quickly this year's going by, but uh, hopefully you're out there executing, selling, making your buyers happy. Uh, we're having a lot of fun here on the show. Uh, I have a very special guest that's going to be joining us here in a second, uh, Megan Eisenberg, who is the CMO of MongoDB. Uh, very honored to have Megan here today. She's just done so many things in the B2B marketing world. I think we've been mostly featuring uh, as guests, experts and speakers and uh, and authors on the sales side. So finally. We're going to spend a little time next couple episodes on the marketing side of the business, talk particularly to marketers that are embracing revenue responsibility, that are you know taking advantage of the opportunity to convert marketing from a cost center into a profit center. It's so important in B2B marketing these days to make sure that what you're doing uh, is driving to business results. And I can't think of a better person to feature uh, than Megan uh, from MongoDB. Megan, how are you doing? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again for joining us. Uh, if you don't know Megan Eisenberg and you're in the B2B space, you must be living under a rock. She's, uh, (laughs) on on most, you know, most of the uh, events and conferences, she's, she's being featured and on stage and for very good reason. She spent years working at uh, DocuSign, really helping that business grow, driving their demand gen. She is literally advising like half the startups in, in Silicon Valley, it looks like from your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us. And I think one of the reasons why you've been deemed by many as such a visionary in marketing is given, you know, not only the results you've generated for DocuSign and others, but the work you've done on the marketing technology side. And I guess I'd love to start there given how important it's been to your success and how increasingly important it is to the success of B2B marketers. How and when and why did you start putting a focus on marketing technology in your career?
1: about seven years ago or eight years ago. I had joined a company that had a small sales team. We didn't have much. We had Salesforce, but not a huge staff on it. And I had just learned about Eloqua. We bought and implemented Eloqua. And I, I really just started to understand the automation of email and uh, nurturing and scoring and from there, as I learned the benefits that platform gave, as I went to each company after, I, I kept bringing Eloqua back in, and the ecosystem was growing, and there's all these connectors for your webinars, and, and I just started to learn more and more about the different technologies and seeing the benefit on driving more qualified leads into the pipeline and helping accelerate our deals. I became a heavy adopter of them. How
0: did you, when you started doing that, you know, did you face any pushback internally either from management team or a CFO that's used to spending money on media or from a sales organization or even an IT organization that wasn't used to marketing so much, I guess, uh, sort of focus on technology?
1: Well, oh, it's interesting. I was at uh, TriRigo, which was eventually acquired by IBM. And I had to put such a good case together on why we need to buy the technology. And I think because I had started in product marketing and I understood how to put a value prop together and sell software to other people, I had to do that same thing internally and actually received an award from our CEO Uh, George on at the time and he recognized that I am not one that buys technology and certainly certainly not marketing technology but the results were seen out of this and so was rewarded for doing it and implementing it successfully and so yeah initially I did I had to put my own product marketing deck together to buy it and show the return we would have how long it would take to make back the investment.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. I mean, there's still a lot of marketing organizations that are still there, right? Where, you know, the organization either is used to more traditional media marketing group, uh, or just not used to marketing, making and driving those IT decisions. In that same process, can you talk a little bit about sort of the, you know, the, your, your ability to transform sort of marketing from, hey, how much should we be spending on marketing just because that's what more companies do to really seeing marketing as a profit set, independent of technology, but just, you know, revisiting the way marketing is viewed and really the way that you perform and execute on that function.
1: I think the most important switch that happened is two things. One, understanding that it was a partnership with marketing and sales and understanding their targets and goals. Uh, But two, making sure that we were not just looking at volume of leads, that it didn't matter the quantity, it was really the quality and understanding how to measure quality. And I was introduced to serious decisions and really fell in love with the waterfall and the different definitions. And then how do I go mark those through a machine, it's very objective. It's not subjective. The sales force is calling this an MQL because it meets the specific criteria. The sales team accepts it and marks it because it is qualified. They create an actual opportunity, and then the opportunity closes. So really focused on what was influencing opportunity creation and closed one versus just volume. And when you can start to track and show that, then you become more of a revenue marketer than someone who's just solely doing media buys.
0: Absolutely. It completely changes the way the organization sort of looks at marketing. And I was at a conference last week that was talking about account-based marketing, and someone made a flippant response in the audience about, like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if marketing had a blank check? And you know, the more I think about that, the more I think that the way that you just described marketing, the way you just described how to justify what marketing's doing and to correlate activity and expense to ROI, if that's a positive equation, if you could spend a dollar and make five, there kind of is an open checkbook. I mean, I mean, cash is cash, but doesn't that give an incredible amount of freedom and license to marketers if you find something that works to scale that?
1: Yeah, it certainly helps when you go through your budget reviews for the next <laughs> year and you can prove what you've sourced.
0: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously, so cash is cash and there's always trade-offs, but as you know, there's still plenty of marketers that are thinking about their business, uh, and thinking about their budget as just activities, right? You know, they're like, oh, we do this show yeah. and we have to do it again because we always do it and there's really no revenue responsibility behind it talk a little bit about you know how that works when you integrate with the sales organization right you know because i think you know gone are the days when marketing purely creates a lead even if it's a marketing qualified lead with agreed upon definition and just shoves it over the fence and says we're done what have been your sort of best practices for working with your sales counterparts to create a more integrated and successful funnel
1: it's based on building the models together so it's looking at their revenue targets looking at the average deal size from the past year, the historical. looking at the conversion rates at each of the stages, and backing into what does that look like if we want to hit these targets and also putting the length of your sales cycle in there from a velocity standpoint uh, to understand what do we have to deliver at the top middle of funnel for them to make their targets, and then actually working with them, who do they want to talk to? You know, here at, at MongoDB, developers are doing awesome things with it, but the ones that are taking it into production are IT management and, and DB admins and operations. So while we have a lot of developers, ten million plus you know, working on MongoDB, the ones that sales really wants to talk to are the ones that have the budget and are managing it in production in these mission critical environments. And so it's truly understanding that definition and making sure we're delivering the people that are going to pay, not just the people using the open source software, but those that have a need to manage their MongoDB instance, secure it and optimize it.
0: Can't imagine a whole lot of marketers or salespeople disagreeing with that definition, and I think it, you know, strategically it makes a ton of sense. What I found in some cases is when the rubber meets the road, and you end up delivering a smaller number of leads, right? When you end up generating leads that don't go to the sales team, when you're up into the right chart of lead volume, now all of a sudden it gets a little more complicated. There's an executive team, there's a there's there's board members, there's investors that don't always understand that. So, what have been some of your best practices, or what have been some of your experiences, I guess, of, you know, trying to communicate that more advanced vision? A pipeline contribution from marketing beyond pure quantity of leads.
1: I mean, if I just look at MongoDB, we send 18% of all leads that come in actually go in front of sales and are assigned to sales. So we only assign MQLs. How we show from a, you know, the quantity standpoint is every dashboard that we're showing ties to influence on the opportunity and the deal closing. And we're agreed upon the process. We've got a technology in place called Full Circle CRM, which is an agreed upon way of attributing source and influence that we've made a decision as an organization of marketing and sales. And so how do I sell it? I'm very aligned with our CRO, Carlos. We have to partner. We agree where we see issues. We work together to solve them. And so it's very much a partnership. And if I didn't have that partnership, I don't think we would be successful or I would be successful. So, and, And part of that is making sure I'm listening to what they need, making sure I'm showing them the results and that I can back up what we're doing and why we made the decisions we made. And when we do something wrong, we have full disclosure. Hey, we messed up here. We're not going to do that again. Learn from it. Move on.
0: When we come back from the break, I want to talk a little more about sort of your current MarTech stack, what you're doing across, you know, to mention Full Circle, what you're doing with other tools, what you're prioritizing. Real quickly before we get there, you know, one group we haven't talked a lot about is the IT team. I think, you know, I think the last time I saw you on stage at the Serious Decisions Conference, you were at DocuSign uh, and you were you were up there, I think, with your, either with your CTO or someone from the ops side, you know, how important is it to make sure that you're tied in and coordinated from the operations and IT side as well to make sure all this stuff comes well?
1: Our involvement with IT is mostly that we're following the security guidelines, that we're doing the right audits, that they pass a certain security threshold. Certainly, if it involves people logging in, making sure we have authentication, and the sign on process goes through our standard process. So it's you know partnering with them to bring bring that side of it. But we manage the stack. You know we have almost twenty technologies. We manage that within marketing systems and ops but we make sure that we respectfully work with our IT team when it involves user management or change management when it involves security or any integrations into major systems like Salesforce or Eloqua
0: Awesome. We are so blessed to have Megan Eisenberg on the show with us today, CMO of MongoDB. She's literally a world traveler. She is incredibly busy and incredibly on demand, so happy to have a couple minutes with her. If you want to check out more of her stuff, she's on Twitter at M Eisenberg. Uh, Literally, you do a search on SlideShare and YouTube and you're going to find a lot of stuff that she's talked about, a lot of her presentations and content. Good stuff. We'll be right back. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. Mm
1: The way we do business is advancing faster than ever before, yet amongst the disruptions, there's one pillar that stays standing through it all, the power of a relationship. Relationships are at the core of everything. So how are today's organizations developing, nurturing, and leveraging them to drive success? Join Matt Hines and Sigster's VP of Marketing, Justin Keller, for the on-demand webinar, The State of Relationship Marketing. And learn how your team can bridge the gaps between relationships and revenue. Listen now at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H E I N Z marketing.com.
0: All right, let's pick it back up with Matt and the second part of his interview. I'm not the silver surfer, anyone? I was, was going to put some surf joke in there, and I thought, no, this is too serious a conversation, so yeah, I can't way, do that. So, yeah, we're way too serious. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we get we get serious when we need to. Hey, uh, Sales Pipeline Radio, thanks for joining us today. Excited to have Megan Eisenberg here, CMO of MongoDB. If you want to hear this present, or hear this uh, discussion again, if you want more of your team, if you want your executives to hear from Megan directly, uh, you'll be able to check out a replay of this show on salespipelineradio.com, but you can catch Megan, you can Catch some of our past guests, all the episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio available for streaming, salespipelineradio.com. Coming up in a couple of weeks, our next episode. I am so excited. We've got Trish Bertuzzi coming. Uh, but we're talking today with Megan Eisenberg from uh, MongoDB, who's been a marketing leader in B2B for many, many years, has been leading, doing particularly innovative work on the marketing technology side. and. Megan, maybe have you talk a little bit about what your current MarTech stack looks like. You mentioned having gotten started centered around Eloqua. You mentioned full circle insights uh, from an attribution standpoint. I don't need you to walk through the whole inventory, but it maybe highlight some of the key focus areas and maybe key tools or technology that have really been sort of driving your progress and execution currently.
1: I would say our core is really Eloqua, and we've got demand-based, which is doing the personalization and append on the back end. Um, from a social side, we've got, we use Sprinkler and we use Insight Pool. And so Insight Pool's really been helping us nurture through social channels. Got from a customer advocacy side and really customer focus, we've got Influitive for our Advocate Hub and we have Sight, And then we've got from a, really a reporting standpoint, uh, on, on what's working, what's not, we've got Hive9. Uh, and then we do a lot of work with um, tracking and web, so Visible, Google Analytics, Optimizely. Uh, we've been working with CapTora on our SEO work and SEM, a lot of organic work being done there. InsideView helps us with some append work as well. On the social side, we've got Gaggle Amp. And, of course, we're big fans of video with Vidyard. I'm actually really impressed. They just gave us a stat. Our customers really engage with us over video. We had... Over 150,000 viewing minutes per month, and their average customer is 14,000. Wow, so a that's lot amazing. of folks are engaging with MongoDB over video, and that's not even our university videos. That's specifically webinars, customer testimonials, uh, and such. So I'm definitely excited to see what's going on in video.
0: And that's amazing. You know, as you went through that list, I can literally hear hands cramping from people writing down what Megan's, you know, secured, you know, writing down what your, uh, what your stack is currently. I mean, that, I mean, you've been doing this a long time, I think, but I think for pe- a lot of people, thinking about that list is intimidating, right? And so I think, you know, if you were to prioritize things, if you were to sort of addressing people that maybe, you know, need to start from square one, if if there are particular tools that are important, fine, but are there particular functional areas or there particular sort of needs or marketing objectives that you think are most important to address with technology first and foremost?
1: A so similar stack out at DocuSign, it took over three years. Uh, we were able to do it in about 11 months here just because of experience and understanding understanding the value of what we wanted. But you're right. You've got to start, I think, the, fundamentally you have to start with a marketing automation platform. So you're picking a Eloqua or Marketo or Pardot, whatever your platform is, HubSpot, and then building on what you need. And so as we saw, we needed a video platform. We needed a way to engage with our customers. We had, you know, I was surprised. Our developer community is extremely social, and so making sure we have the right tools to, um, you know, highlight, focus, engage with the social side, you know, we, we picked a, a tool pretty quickly, and that was the Sprinkler one and Insight pool, and so, yeah, I think it's dependent on your business and how your customers or prospects like to engage, and so, you know, get your core platform in place and then figure out those channels and what tools are going to help you. And then I think everyone has to optimize their website. And so half our stack is what we do to optimize and the experience, our web properties. We have .com and .org.
0: Nice. I mean, you have years of sort of not only using but also evaluating technology solutions. Speaking to vendors, uh, I, I know that a lot of people that you know, even if they have experience, it's very easy to get intimidated and confused. You know, you go to a, you go to a, you go to a Marketo conference, you go to Serious Decision yeah. Summit, you go to Dreamforce, and you're, everything sounds great. Like you're going to hear a lot of great stories. No one at their booth is going to say you don't need this. So, you know, what are some of your strategies for filtering, for evaluating? Are there particular questions you ask or things you're looking for to help you sort through everybody and find? The tools that are most, that are going to be most or likely to be most valuable to you.
1: Yeah, so a couple things. Every week I probably meet with a minimum of two vendors at least 30 minutes, so I'm understanding and keeping on top of what technologies are out there. Uh, so that's part of it is continually talking about it. I also do a, a lot of talking with my peers. I love uh, Nicola Draca over at Twilio and Skyhud over at Elastic. Just like keeping up with my peers, hey, what are they seeing that they love and that they're getting good, you know, return on and results. And so I try and really keep up with my peers and then, of course, having used it, when I get good results, you know, taking that technology with me to the next job. And so my advice would be take the time to evaluate and do it on a regular basis and then network, you know, at these conferences, talk to your peers and ask them what they're using.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, we've got a couple minutes left before we're, you know, we're going to have to wrap up, but, you know, I'm curious, stepping outside of the tech world, what does your marketing team look like now? I mean, you, you joined Mondo, Mongo, I, I believe about a year ago, I'm just curious what you've done as you've built it. What are the functions you've prioritized? What are the groups? And, you know, you get into as much detail as you're comfortable giving, but we'd love to hear sort of how you're prioritizing staff and resources as you grow.
1: Yeah, I joined. We're about 28 folks on the team, and we're now 36. Fortunately, I came into a very strong team, uh, just needing the technical, I think, support and integration guides. So I really started out by bringing in a marketing technologist who was awesome at the technology, awesome at the website, and awesome at operations. And so he really came in, and, and you know Ryan Schwartz. Mm-hmm. He came in and built out the team, brought in some front-end web developers, uh, and um, had a, we had an existing uh, marketing operations uh, automation platform team, and they were awesome, and they learned Eloqua very quickly. Uh, so that was one main focus. And that was and that was really getting an understanding of, of the data we have today. What are our stat, You know, what are we looking at? Um, what's working and not with the current systems? And then the second piece of it was everyone's job was kind of owning social and digital. There wasn't really a, a, a clear leader on it, so I brought in a leader to run social and digital. That really cleaned up all of our channels and properties. Brought in sprinkler best practices. Worked with HR. Worked with university and engineering. Uh, and has done an amazing job this past year, and then also beefed up our creative team, gave them more resources. Because I think as a, a marketer, the things that you need to, to be the best is you need to be able to have the systems and ops, you need the content, so your product marketing team, which I was fortunate enough to have, and then you need to be able to get it to market.
0: Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you've done a nice job of building a well-rounded team, and as you mentioned, you know, uh, Ryan Schwartz was key on your team at DocuSign, so it was uh, not surprised to see him move over, but, uh, you know, Megan, Megan Gill, Sam, and I mean, others on your team certainly have a good reputation, so it was nice to be able to jump yes. into that too. Yes. You know, so, where does this all go, right? I mean, I think, you know, moving forward, what are some of the things that you see as as trends that, that will continue to sort of hone how B2B marketers focus uh, on any front? It can be technology, it can be on channels, it can be sort of on the sales integration side. You know, where do you think B2B marketers are going to increasingly need to lean in next to, to continue to be successful?
1: I mean, it's still, for me, it's still content. When we looked at what was the number one thing influencing deals, it was our online collateral. So making sure we have a good content calendar, we're building out relevant technical information for our different audiences, uh, so certainly that's important. I think social channels and mobile, still very important, uh, things that we can do to get through the noise, uh, and however we can boost customers and what they're talking about and get them out there for that social proof and the peer to peer uh, networking. just like I I find technology via my peers. I know people that are deciding to use MongoDB do the same
0: thing. Awesome. I want to thank Megan Eisenberg very much, CMO MongoDB, for joining us. Megan, I know you're super busy, uh, and I really, really appreciate you taking some time, some great insights and best practices here. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today, Sales Pipeline Radio. Join us again in a couple weeks on uh, March 17th. We'll be back live at our new time, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. We've got Trish Bertuzzi. Uh, who, uh, is a, uh, inside sales, long time inside sales expert, recent author of the Sales Development Playbook. Uh, check her out in a couple weeks. We'll have Megan's, uh, episode on replay up on salespipelineradio.com. She'll be joining Aaron Ross, Joanne Black, Mike Weinberg, and many others. We've included a Sales Pipeline Radio guest in the past. If you're interested in joining Sales Pipeline Radio, if you have an idea for a guest, idea for a topic, please, uh, please check us out. Let us know, com. Thanks very much. This has been apparently the Silver Surfer of Sales. See you (laughs) next time. Yes, indeed, you've been surfing along with the Silver Surfer of Sales himself, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing,
1: as we ride the waves of sales technology and sales ideas.